Good evening, everyone. All right, we're going to get back into the, uh, entering in and uh, just reflecting on the conversation me and my wife had coming in, just talking about the value of being in his presence. And she said the teaching has been inspiring her to live in his presence, to live in his presence. She said, and then she made a, uh, another comment. She says, you know, if you could live in his presence, you could... Uh, you know, his marriages will go a lot better. Uh, life will go a lot better because you're in his presence. And uh, I'm reading a book. Um, this is a little supplement book, so I happen to pick it up today. And uh, and the book is called uh, Spiritual Reality Versus Obsession. And so the book kind of highlights different things that we, because you got people that believe uh, baptism is no let me see it's baptism yeah okay baptism is the actual death burial and resurrection some people believe baptism is a symbolic and but if you read through the scripture the scripture talks speaks in in uh reality is not symbolic not uh they call it a transubstantiation where it's almost like it's when you do it, it, it converts at that moment into, <laughs> you know, so, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's reality, communion. Some people see communion as it's representing something, but the scripture says that uh, when you eat that bread, it is the Lord's body. When you drink that wine, uh, or you drink that juice, whatever, you know, because I watch y'all, y'all be like, well, Pastor just said, yeah, somebody gonna pull the sound bite out. I was at one church, <laughs> said, drink wine. Um, but it is the Lord's blood. So not uh, possibly, it is. So it's, 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 a, it's a reality. So when my, me and my wife was talking, I was, it, it reminded me of the book that I was just reading before she got in the car, and how if we could stay in a spiritual reality, now we're looking at things from reality. So whether it's healing, we see it in a reality, not, you know, see, because I right, said, so let's look at it this way. If you're living in a reality that, that, okay, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and all the silver and gold is mine, as he says, uh, I've given you the power to get wealth. So this is your reality. So you make decisions based on that reality. If it's reality, like, but if you read the scriptures, say you believe it, but your actions are based on circumstances, then it's not reality for you. Because something that's real, like, when you look at your, your checking account right now, and you see whatever's in it, then you got to make a decision to purchase something, right? Well, if you have the resources, you don't go, man, I hope this purchase goes through. No, you're like, hey, let's go buy that. Right? So you want to get your nails done. I say, okay, we'll just go ahead, take this, go get it done. Like, I know what the reality is, right? But what God is saying, operate in that reality all the time, right? So, you know, you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places uh, for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. And so you process things a whole lot different. And that's what happens. Circumstances don't change. See, this is our issue. Our issue is we think our Christ life is independent of circumstances. Circumstances don't change. 
what it is is we we're looking through if we're looking through reality how we respond to them is different so i was thinking about i think about people that have made poor decisions when they're young and so if you're looking at the reality of God has a purpose and a plan for you, God loves you, and his plan is always better than yours, I was reading through, uh, uh, oh, I'm, 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 I've been pressing to uh, do this, uh, finish this book. So I was reading through something in the book about, you know, just, uh, just purpose. And so I was, as I was reading through all this stuff, I was like, wow, I said, like, everybody doesn't have the same time to be great. That's reality. Uh, uh, was it to everything there's a season there's a time for every purpose so if we're stand, if we're in the presence of God we're looking at his picture not ours now why are we depressed because we're looking at our picture but if we was looking at God's picture and we go okay based on the picture oh, oh I'll give you another example you traveling you look at the picture of where you're going you miss an exit why you don't get depressed Why do you look and re? Why do you, why why are we rerouting? Because we believe we're gonna get there. Right. We just got to take a different route. Right. Oh, that's good. Right. That. Yeah, we believe we're gonna get there. Another, we just did take another route. But if 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 God's picture is not our reality, we believe we believe the mistake is the reality, not the picture. You see what I'm saying? So if you know the picture's the reality, you're like, well, okay, nice hurdle. But that that but I'm so excited about the picture. So that's why we have to stay in God's presence. And not let uh see circumstances are intended. The adversary is, is tempting us. He's trying to pull us out of God's presence. So 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 he might tempt us uh through some type of lust or whatever, but he might just like Keep trying to get you to magnify on the worst case scenario. Just make it, build it up. Build the whole case. for. And I can't believe this is happening and I don't know why. But all that pulls you out of the presence of God because you got to leave God's presence to complain. Because the scripture says all things you do, do without murmuring and disputing in Philippians 2.14. It didn't say some things, it says all things. But it's not a punishment. It's saying if you start to complain, to complain you have to magnify what's bothering you. To magnify for what's bothering you, you have to take your, your, your effort off of magnifying God. You have to leave the spiritual reality of God to get into uh, uh, the temporal, the false evidence of being real, right? So, 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 so we just have to just watch and be mindful of his devices, his little trickeries, you know what I'm saying? Like, his little trick, because... My wife's scripture, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and call according to his purpose. All right, that's reality. But, Robert, we got to keep moving and see it work out for good. Like, you just can't stop because you missed the exit. You got to keep going to see, man, you know, you know, you keep driving and then come on the news. It was an accident where you was actually thought you were supposed to go where you missed the exit. Or you get there and you realize that you got there right on time or you you stopped to eat later than you normally would have stopped to eat and then so now you meet somebody that you wouldn't have met and then you may never see them again but they say something that has you thinking now you start moving closer to God's picture you don't even realize it 
But you tripping, man, I try to get here. Y'all get on my nerves, slowing me down. Did they really? You see, 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 you know, uh, we were talking and she, when she said, when you're in God's presence, you look at things different. So I was playing this morning. This is a weird day. I hadn't played in like a month. And so, uh, so it was one guy, he's just talking. And so at the end of the game, well, he lost, he lost the first game for us. But not based on his conversation. Based on his conversation, it was all these other ancillary things that had nothing to do with it. So I was talking to the other guy. I was like, well, I, his point actually really made no sense. I said, but, like, I'm good. Like, I just felt different. I was good. I was like, well, you know, good. It gives me an opportunity to do something I haven't had a chance to do and shoot some baskets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I just, was, just, just work out a little bit. You know, just, just it's how you process things. All right, so I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So to, to enter in, and we talked about the different levels of entering, creating God's atmosphere and things like that um, the last couple of weeks. But, but what we're trying to do is, it, is uh, live in a supernatural lifestyle, a supernatural lifestyle. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2. So, so think about all this case God has been building because he told us not to play the victim, remember? Right? Because he knows if you get pulled into playing a victim, you have to leave his presence. Who feels like a victim in God's presence? <laughs> like my wife said, you feel like a victor because you're in his presence. You know, like growing up, well, I, I didn't experience this in the early years because I was by myself. You know, but... I know my son experienced this because we used to play ball together. Somebody uh, cheating them wrong on the court. My son had a, a confidence. Didn't you, son? Why? Because dad was here. <laughs> like, they, ain't gonna, they only going to go for so far because I got my dad here. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's, if we're in God's presence, when we're being uh, try, uh, attacked or punked or treated wrong, there should be that same confidence like, my dad's here. Yeah, I only gonna go for so far with this because my dad's here. But when you're not in his presence, you think of how it, how, what you can do, what your limited ability can do. But when you're in God's presence, nice try. Watch how, watch how you see how this work out. Y'all counting me out, but I'm just telling a different story than y'all. That's all. Y'all counting me out. Oh, it, it looks like because I didn't go through the, the. Uh, traditional process that I'm still not going to be great. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it was a little rewrite. And the rewrite had me behind the scenes. So, you know, you see, watch the movies where the, the, the driver drives the guy off the road, right? So he goes off the road and he's going through all this other stuff and the driver's like, yeah, yeah, I'm about to win a race. Then he get down here and the guy's ahead of him. That's what guys are trying to do with us. Like, but if we under if we're in his presence, we understand that it looked like we was bumped off path, but we were actually sent. We were bumped into a shortcut, <laughs> right? So it's how we process it. Okay, so First Corinthians two, and um, 
Well, I'm going to read verse 4 and 5, and then we'll go down to verse 9. It says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In verse 9 it says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear have heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love them. It's kind of hard for the natural man, the natural eye, the natural ear to even process it. It says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. It says, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Right? So, you know, uh, it goes on to say the natural man cannot understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, for they're spiritually discerned. So here the scripture is saying that if we lean to our own understanding, our eyes, our ears, our, our natural senses, of course, it's hard for us to believe beyond the the uh, the uh, the circumstances that's been presented. But he's saying that God has revealed to, revealed to us. Uh, oh, look, look, look! Let's go to First Corinthians ten. First Corinthians ten, verse thirteen. It says, there is no temptation or test, trial, taking you but such as common to man. It says, but God is faithful who, who will not suffer you to be tempted, tested, tried above that you are able, above your ability to pass it. It says, but with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So it's what I was saying. It's like what my son, he was like, you only can go but so far because my dad's here. So, but... As his father, I was allowing him to go through different tests on a basketball court. So if somebody got physical with him, I didn't just, like, uh, bail him out. Like, one time, somebody knocked him down. It was the first time I took him out to play. She didn't know this at the time. But somebody knocked him. I mean, this is big, huge dude was – dude looked like he could have been Hercules. Knocked that dude out. He was going to make a layup. Knocked him down. I didn't even flinch. I ain't budge. I ain't say nothing. And but but so but but I was thinking to myself, oh, she gonna think I broke her son. Like I took him out here to play basketball. Boy, this is gonna be this gonna be an issue. But uh, and he got up. I said, oh, he ain't hurt. He just soft, right? This is what I said to myself. And so 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 then we start taking we start going to play ball. And I was like, okay, so he has to get tougher. So that means I'm gonna take him with me and I'm gonna allow him to go through stuff. So we went. He's playing at this one gym, and everybody knew. Now, everybody this gym knew he was my son. And, boy, they knocked him senseless one time going to the goal, and he ran out the, uh, the gym, out, out the door, like, you know, almost like. But I didn't go no. I didn't, I didn't run. I didn't do anything. You ain't know about that one either. So, <laughs> and, uh, and everybody was looking at me, too. Everybody was like, like, now that is your son, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's, he's fine. He'll be fine. So he came back, he stopped playing, he was fine, which I was happy that he did. Like, if he just, like, fell out or something back there, I'd have been in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, as, you know, we've been talking uh, a lot the last few weeks or so, more consistently. And, uh, and you know, he was saying, like, like, uh, like, I've been given everything. I have what it takes. Like, I'm going through something, but I've actually been given what it takes to go through it. You know, and he, he, said, he said, Dad, remember, you told me something a long time ago. You asked me, son, do you want temporary success or do you want fulfillment? Like, he was breaking down all the little different things. 
I love when he focuses in the Lord. It's just that dude be it, 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 he wake up like, and he was like, so he says, so you know, I know what I need to do. You know, he, he called me up. He's come from working out. He's like, he said, I know what I need to do. He says, you know, I need to. He's and he told my wife. He said, I, I thank God y'all gave me God. He said that man, that's 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 really been helping him, helping him. So I said this to say. My son had got to a point where, like, he you couldn't rattle him. But he had to, he got to. My son had got to a point where you couldn't rattle. <laughs> but he had he had got to uh, that point because he had to be allowed to go through tests. But we're only going so far though. Like as a dad, if you try to abuse him, now physical in the course of a game, that's a part of the game. When you try to abuse him. I'm, I'm coming through. That's what that scripture's saying. Scripture's saying God ain't showing up every time you go through something. God's saying certain things you need to go through to be, to be strengthened, to be strong. Well, guess what? To believe. Uh, certain things you need to go through to pull you out of the natural into a spiritual reality. If you don't go through it, would you even consider walking in God's presence? How, think about how much we uh, we 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 press we press either to get what we want or we press to things are going well, and then when things are going well, we say, "Well, I don't need to press." We're not pressing f- to for for I don't know a good job stuff like that. We're pressing because we love the Lord. We're trying to live in His presence. We're not just trying to to visit. And so think about it. God doesn't want us to to live outside of his presence because that's when we're under attack. That's when things start going crazy. That's when we're overwhelmed. That's when we're depressed. That's when you have zero tolerance if anybody does anything outside of your comfort. You ain't in his presence. I don't care what you tell anybody. You in the flesh. Right, because... In his presence, fullness of joy, right hand pleasures forevermore. Fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So you ain't operating the fruit of the spirit if you're not in the spirit, right? Right? Does that be an amen? Y'all can just amen that one. Right? So God is trying to, so some of those things, I, I know, I'm, I'm, listen, I live in the word not because I'm sweeter than anybody. I live in the word because, listen, I did it. I, 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 I tried it my way. I tried it my way. I smoked, I drank, I did all that stuff. That stuff was just making it worse. <laughs> it was just compiling this stuff. All it did was when I came up out the stupor, the circumstances was waiting on me and they were greater. So I was like, oh, we, this definitely doesn't work. So there has to be a solution. And so I tried God. Not, see, again, when I was in the world, I was all in. I almost killed myself a couple of times. That's how extreme I did stuff. Now I'm going to come to God. I'm going to have to do God. But then I'm going to go on, how come God didn't come through? You ain't even with him. Show up on any team and decide, look, you, you, you coach. Somebody comes to practice once a week. But they're going to get the benefits of the, of, of the people that come to practice all the time. It just don't happen that way. Even if, let's say, they were sweet. They don't know what you're doing. They have no clue what you're doing. So it's not a punishment to come to practice. That's how we get on the same page. That's how you become great. People show up for winning teams, 
not for indi- sometimes they show up for individuals, but if 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 you're on a winning team, because they can't go to every game, right? So they show up to what? Final fours and championships. So we gotta do something to get there. So it's the same thing in, in, in our life, like we're trying to visit God, but get the benefits of living in his presence. And so it's not a punishment. You're just not in his presence because you, you say you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how we could talk a good game or because we have all the Christianese or because we, we have certain things we may sacrifice. You know, we may show up every, every, t- every Thursday to put the garbage cans in the back. I mean, that's admirable. That doesn't mean you're in God's presence, though. You understand what I'm saying? We may buy the communion envelopes. That's admirable. You sowing into the kingdom of God. That still doesn't mean you're in his presence, though. But some people will think, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I got the communion envelopes. No, I don't think nobody got the communion. No, I just got them the other week, so I know nobody did that. <laughs> yeah, so, so I figured I'd use an example that didn't apply to nobody. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I was at the store. Um, but, but my whole point is, those things are, 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 are what you're supposed to do. Like, but God's whole thing is getting his presence. None of these things exempt us from getting his presence. They don't. With all due respect, they don't. I've called all types of people this week. I talked to people for hours, two, three, three o'clock in the morning. Guess what? I'm still not exempting from getting in God's presence. I can't go, well, nothing bad should happen to me because I was counseling people. I counseled some people. They didn't even go to the church. So I sh- surely, all these, and it was, it was a whole lot of people I counseled this week didn't go to the church. I was getting calls from everywhere. But guess what? God's not going, well, that grandfather's you into whatever attack happens, you're going to be fine. No, no. What keeps me handling the attack, I'm in God's presence. That overflow, and see, I'm not supposed to be counseling people anyway. My, the overflow of being in God's presence is supposed to be counseling them. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be counseling them. Not me. First of all, I don't know what people need anyway. You understand what I'm saying? Like, but we cheat ourselves. We excuse ourselves because we, we, we make religious sacrifices. And we think the religious sacrifice automatically exempts you from the, 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 the spiritual attack. And it doesn't. And the, and the attack, listen, keep using sports. I'm a basketball player. I love challenge. Like, sometimes if, if, if you, now I'm older, but when I was younger, I would pick bad teams. Like, if I, had, if I picked a team, I picked bad teams. I was like, okay, because I need to make this a game. Because if the team's too good, I'm not going to have no fun and be boring. I need I, I needed all the odds against me. So that means people are showing up, they're phenomenal. And I'm excited. Not, oh, man, these people good. Man, maybe they break their ankle or something. No, no, you, the, see, what I'm saying is if I'm in God's presence, devil bring it. All you're going to do is make me stronger. I'm in God's presence. Like, like, what could you do? But if I'm not in God's presence, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm depressed. I'm irritable. I'm snapping. 
All right, so so First Corinthians two, I gave you that. So an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit is the key to operating the supernatural, because we just said the Spirit searches the deep things of God. Uh, if you go over to uh, Acts one, let's go over to Acts one. We're talking about entering into God's presence, and you know we already talked about creating an atmosphere, but now we're talking about establishing a supernatural lifestyle. And since the I have not seen or ear have heard nor has entered into our heart of man the things that God has prepared for us, but God has revealed to us the deep things by his spirit, you would think if I want to see beyond the natural, what? I'm going to submerge myself in the spirit, right? Because the, the, the spirit is, is our vehicle to God's reality. So, so that intimate relationship uh, to stay in his presence starts with a communion with the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter one. Now here Jesus, Jesus is leaving, and this this is connected to uh John, uh John 14 through 16, but you know, he told the disciples, I'm gonna leave you. I'm it's, it's expedient that I go. He said, But I won't leave you comfortless. So so almost like they had confidence because what Jesus was there. So like I said, when I was there for my son. Right? So if you hear Jesus leaving and your confidence in the supernatural is because what? I'm with Jesus. Peter stepped out on the water, not just happenstance. He stepped on water because what Jesus said, come. So he stepped out. Then he looked at the circumstances. See, that's, that's the key. He's, he's with Jesus. He looked at the circumstances. He started to sink. Then he said, Jesus. Jesus pulled him. Read, read it through. He pulled him up back on top of the water. Jesus wasn't in the boat. He was walking on the water. And the scripture says they walked into the boat. So, so he just didn't walk. He walked out onto the water, which was supernatural. Sank, got pulled back up by Jesus' hand. He said, why did you doubt? He just gave him some instructions. He didn't disqualify him. He qualified him. He said, oh, you know what caused that, right? You looked at the circumstances and doubted. You know what's causing us to... to, to to fail in life, to make mistakes, to not do well in, in our jobs, in our sports, with the new promotions, is what? We're looking at the circumstances, right? And then we start to sink, right? But Jesus said, Jesus is telling us, why did you doubt? Then he picks us back up, and, and what? He picks us right back up to another miracle. He walked into the boat on water. Right, so he says, I'm not gonna send you comfortless because I know when I leave, y'all gonna be like, are we gonna be able to do this without Jesus? He said, no, no, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit and he'll show you things to come. In uh, uh, John 16, seven, right? He's gonna show you things to come, but then 1 Corinthians, is, 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 he says he'll, he'll show you the deep things of God. But, but it all started with Acts. He had promised them he was gonna send them a comforter. Then at the Last Supper, he said, uh, uh, verse 5 it says for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized again that's submerged with the Holy Ghost not many days hence right so that means you're going to be submerged in the Holy Ghost he totally engulfed by the spirit remember he told the, uh, Nicodemus uh, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit he can't even enter into the things of God you can't enter in unless you're engulfed in the spirit you can't enter in in your logic. 
The natural man can't understand the things of God, nor can they discern them, for they're spiritually discerned. You have to enter in by way of the Holy Spirit. But see, that, and, and that's a reality. Right, the, the scripture tells us, we're going to come back to Acts 1. Let's go over to Hebrews 3, because I like to give you scripture, a chapter and verse. Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews. Where you at, Hebrews? So remind me, we got to go back to Acts 1, but let's make a case here of what's really reality. So, so the spirit realm is really reality. Now look at, look, at, look at this. It says, Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right? Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. 11.1, 1, right? Now when you drop down here... Um, to verse 3, it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, right? So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So everything that's seen wasn't made from something that we see. It was made from the invisible. So that means if, if everything we see was made from the invisible, then the invisible is the reality. This is the temporary. I mean... You know, such and such was born, 1920, died, I don't know, year 2000. Between that, those dashes is what's called the temporary. Before the dash is the eternal, after the dash is the eternal. That's why the scripture tells us to uh, lay hold on eternal life. Uh, you read the scripture when we were talking yesterday, uh, God's put eternity in your heart. It was Ecclesiastes, right? Ecclesiastes 3, uh, 11, yeah. So, so he's put eternity in our heart. So we're longing for the everlasting, not the temporary. We're longing, see, why is eternity in our heart? So we're thirst for his presence. He, 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 he engineered us with the thirst for his presence. So, so Ecclesiastes said, hey, you got eternity in your heart. That's what's causing that thirst. That's why you don't feel satisfied with worldly things. That's why they're insatiable, because they're not, they, they can't quench any, a temporary thing can't quench an eternal thirst. A temporary thing can't quench an eternal thirst. So I've given you richly all things to enjoy, not to quench your thirst. Right? So then uh, first, 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 first Timothy 6 says, uh, lay hold on eternal life. It's telling us, Grab hold on spiritual reality. Enter into his presence. Grab hold on the spirit realm, the supernatural realm. Because that's what's going to quench your thirst, not living in the natural or leaning on the natural, if that makes sense. All right, so let's go back to Acts 1. So Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 8, it says, But you shall receive power, verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to uttermost parts of the earth. So, so here Jesus is leaving. He said, oh, but, but I want you to operate in power. I want you to operate supernaturally. And so even with the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, talks about uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom and prophecy, words of knowledge, is you have this unction and the Lord reveals to you what's going on in somebody's present life or in their past. Words of wisdom, 
you have this unction or this knowing of what's going to happen in someone's future. Prophecy, God is speaking through you. You're not like it's like an out of body experience. God is speaking to you, and it's exactly what that person is going through. But then you have the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, right? And um, the uh, the gift of healing. These are the power gifts, right? Then you have the words. Of, uh, then you have a. Uh, uh, the gift of uh, tongues and interpretation, you know, and so so all these. But the scripture says these gifts operate as the spirit wills. See, so God wants us to live in His presence because He He wants. Remember, He just said you shall have you you have power, but the power is giving you to be a witness unto Me. Everywhere you go, people will say God is real, because you're living out a real life out of the presence of God. So God is real. Like, like, you don't have to, it's, it, it's not enticing words of man's wisdom that's moving people. It's demonstration of power because God is real to you. And so there's plenty of people, there's plenty of people go to church, no scriptures, um, uh, very motivational. But very few people live a life that God's real to them. And the only way God becomes real is you spend time in his presence. So me and my wife, we're, you know, we're at uh, over 25 years now. Um, now, some, some have been married longer or shorter. But the interesting thing is the relationship gets more and more. We get closer and closer. But there were stages where it got realer and realer. So in, in, in the early years, because she had been through uh, some stuff, she had been through a divorce. She, so or she said divorce was an option. So that means I trust, this, I trust that I'm supposed to be with this guy. You know, I love this guy. But ain't no telling, like, you know, uh, people are capable of doing anything. <laughs> that, that was your philosophy. I slipped that, slipped that in from a conversation we had earlier this week, right? And so, but there was a, there, 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 there was a, a place in a relationship where it crossed over to like, oh, this guy, this he all for me. He's all with me and ain't nothing changing. But that's spending time together. That's not... I'm, I'm over in East Africa somewhere and we just doing phone conversations, you know. Now, I know I said East Africa, but some, some of us are living our life like we're in East Africa. We're in the same house, but, but the distance is almost as if somebody's in a, a whole other country. But anyway, so, so the more we spent time, the more we, we, got to, we knew each other. When you spend time in God's presence, he becomes so real. I remember I sitting in the back of churches and, and these uh, pastors or men of God would be like, yeah, I was talking to God and God told me. I was like, God told him? Like the God, was it an audible voice? Go to church today. Like I was like, was that it? Was it an a, a inner voice? Was it video? Like, like that dude ain't here from God, God. Like, you know, I'm just being real. That's what I thought, sitting in the back. I was like, man, I, was like, I don't know, man. Like, did he hear? And the dude, he wasn't preaching on him from God. He just said it as a matter of fact. He says, I'm talking to God. But, but I, st I couldn't hear the rest of the sermon. Because I was like, he talked to God? Like, God talked to him. And for me, it was like, okay, I mean, I just... I mean, I can't say he didn't talk to you. I wasn't with you at the, when you had the conversation. But that just seems like, how? Why did I say how? Because I, I, I grew up as an exhaustive, logical thinker. And logically, I couldn't see how God would talk to you. 
I had never seen God. <laughs> so I was like, how did, oh. But I started spending so much time with him, so much time in his word, I start hearing that voice. I know that voice anywhere. And I act on what the voice said. See, at first when I start hearing the voice, I was like, was that God? There's only one way to find out. Act on it. Now this, this, we're gonna see how this pulls up, because I got I got super Melanie over here. So if you if if it wasn't God, she that's it. That, no, trust me. What in the world, Mr. Spiritual? Because you know, I was in the early years, I was Mr. Spiritual. So, Mr. Spiritual, come on, man. You kind of crossing over to being a fanatic now. You you're messing things up around here. Ain't nobody trying to do that. You know. Try to, I remember you tried to have praise and worship at the house. Remember this, Mondale? Try to have praise and worship. Mondale looked like somebody wrapped him up in some type of mummy uh, tape. Like, because we supposed to do praise and worship. I was like, dude, what's wrong? What's, like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, I said, this ain't going over well. <laughs> you know, we, we gonna, we're going to have family praise and worship. <laughs> you should have seen that first one. Oh, boy. And Mrs. Somers over there, she wasn't all like like spinning around and stuff like that. I said, y'all not mess, y'all messing up my groove over here. I'm trying to step out on faith and do what God tells me to do. <laughs> well, all types of resistance. That you should have seen that dude. I wish I wish I had a. I should have took a picture, man. It looked it, it really looked like like the devil and them had him, like you know, wrapped up. You know, wouldn't let him lift his arms or nothing. <laughs> like some some people do at church. So anyway, personal foul, unnecessary roughness, 15 yards. All right, so, uh, so, so if you think about the, the value of the Holy Spirit helping you to operate in a supernatural lifestyle, like Jesus didn't operate in miracles to, to, to after the Holy Spirit came on. So, so, so in, in Mark chapter 3, verse 17, uh, he, he, he decided to get baptized, submerged, but he got, it, it, was, it was a double dipping. He got baptized, you know, naturally baptized and spiritually baptized, but he was dealing with a re, the reality of baptism. I'm submerging myself in the spirit. See, because once I submerge myself in the spirit, now I'm engulfed. Remember, he said, not many days hence, you'll be baptized in the spirit. So he was being baptized uh, uh, physically, but in the spirit at the same time. So after that, he it said he he went from being baptized. God said, "This is my son, I'm well pleased." It said he was full of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter four, verse one. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Went into the wilderness and got tested. So so Luke four is similar to Matthew four, like where uh, turn the stone into bread. It is written. It is written. It is written. So he passed the test, meaning that. You, every the test was trying to pull him out of God's presence. We know he's in God's presence because God said, "What? This is my son, who I'm well pleased." God showed up like I want to let everybody know. What was God pleased with? Him being in His presence. The devil immediately in panic, I got to get him out of His presence. So he started tempting him in the wilderness. He tried to get him into. Uh, to not believe God that will provide for him. First test, right? Then he tried to uh, tempt him with uh, power. Like, I give you all this stuff. Right? Oh, no, well, no. The second one is, he was like, man, God ain't going to protect you. All right. 
if his word is true, jump off the cliff. So you try to get him to test God's word, which means that you, you would not have to believe it to question it. Same thing with Eve, right? God said that. That's not what it is. That's not true. So he, he tried to tempt him that he won't provide for you. Then he tried to tempt him to question the word. Then the third thing, he tried to say, okay, well, now that Jesus passed the test, hey, I'll give you all this stuff. He's like, so he tried to tempt him with, you won't be able to be fulfilled without taking a bribe. You won't be able to be famous. You won't be able to be successful unless you took a bribe. The only way you're going to get this, you might as well get it down through me. He passed all the tests, and then it said in verse 14, so Luke 4, 1, he was, it said he was full of the Holy Spirit. Some of us just happy with that. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. It said 14, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. So he says, so now he's, he's so saturated in his presence, he's wreaking power. And right after that, it said his fame went throughout everywhere. He became famous because he was stayed in God's presence, not because he got pulled out of it. We trying to get famous outside of God's presence. What in our, in our minds tells us it don't, where do we get this stuff from? It don't take all that. Well, I could do it without that. Somebody, you, you know, you trying to live for the Lord, you talk to somebody, well, I was just learning this. Well, why is it important that we talk about what you learned at church? Why is it important that we talk about what you heard from men and women of God? Why is that important? Duh, it's what's keeping me in the presence of God. Why, I don't think, I'm trying to do this, you know, something I, I worked through with my son. His mind had to, was telling him, okay, all, up to this point, all this stuff that I've been able to accomplish is because of my dad's help. So now, now I, I want to let go. Now at my time, I want to let go because now I, I want to say, I did it without you. What people don't realize is, you did, listen, no matter what I did, no matter what I'm doing now, what I've been doing the last, how long we've been out here? Last eight years in support of my son. He still got to do it. I can get him a job. He got to keep it. My brother got me a job in upstate New York. When I first got there, it was uh, Irv's brother. Everything was Irv's brother. By the time I left there, it was Keith. That was on me. My uncle got me a job as a housing inspector. But after a while, it was like, Keith's area is probably the, 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 the best inspector in, in, in any ward. It wasn't Don's nephew after a while. It's got to set things up. Imagine if, uh, what's, the, what's the, Isaac. Abraham uh, set up the favor for Isaac. Isaac actually opened up the same wells that Abraham had established. And they still tried to play him. Then it said he sold in the time of famine and received a hundredfold in the same year. But he's playing off of the legacy of Solomon. When Solomon built that temple, all those kings came in because of David's influence. He had to, he had to pay for nothing. They had already, oh, we already got what you need for the temple. Your dad, like, we promised your dad, we give you the, the Hey, we from Lebanon, we promised this cedar to you. We from such and such, we promised this gold to your dad. So he built that stuff based, but suppose he's like, I'm doing this on my own. Solomon's famous. We still talk about him. Independent of David. And he was David's son. See, see, see again, we don't understand. We're, we're, we're just carrying a baton. None of us 
is sweet. We're just carrying a baton, but that doesn't mean you're less than. You still got to come into your own, but it's not detached from the foundation that, 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 that started you. So, so, so why, why are we trying to do it apart from God? The Bible says apart from him, we can do nothing. So why are we trying to prove I'm going to be the one? Like what? I right, said, so I go back to the whole idiot, idiot thing. What idiot says to himself, I'm going to be the first one to do all this and be totally fulfilled. When I talk about success, fulfilled without God. What idiot thinks like that? I'm going to be the one to prove you can do this without God. Okay, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Many greater people have tried it before you. <laughs> right? So we have to get in his presence. We have to enter in. It's, it's essential for us. You understand? So, so, so Jesus didn't do it. So how are we going to do it? And see, the Holy Spirit is the key. That's, that's how God and his power and his peace and his, his miracles rides through our life. He rides through our life in the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so it's important for us to understand the value. I think about... Uh, 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 Elijah and Elijah Elijah was translated he told Elijah if you see me look if you see me when I'm elevated you'll get a double portion of my anointing so he had to stay with him everywhere he went and then he told him he says man I'm about to go to Bethel stay right here he's like no that's alright I'm coming with you he said I'm about to go to Jericho I need you to stay right here nope that's, that's alright I'm going with you and then he saw him translated to another level and he received the devil portion of the anointing, but he had to stay in his presence. And, and, and Elijah was translated. See, again, you know, we, 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 I don't know what's going on with us. We just think the Bible is some fairy tale, but I understand because a lot of us haven't experienced the realness of God, but we expected it to, to, to experience the realness from the seat of judgment. We're expecting to experience the realness of God from the seat of judgment. In other words, I'm not in his presence. I'm outside of his presence with my clipboard saying, show me you're real. As opposed to, okay, we're going to see if you're real. I'm going to walk right up in your presence. If, if nothing happened in your presence, then you ain't real. But, but you can't experience the realness of God living in the natural. God can be moving and you won't even see it. It just don't happen that way. And that's what, that's what the struggle is. You got to stay locked up in his presence. You know, we got to move beyond like the form of God to walk in the power of God. Think about Elijah and, uh, you know, the, they had went out ahead of him in the chariots and the power of God fell on him. He outran the chariots. And, and I, for me, I understand, but we always talk about this. We teach probably a little different than some people. I'm not saying better or worse, but because God's real to us. Like we've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. Like, so God's real. Like it's not, and not, not one. You know, like, you know, we still riding on a one miracle from back in the 79. I remember that one miracle, boy, that didn't think that was gonna come through. No, no, it's just like time after time after time, so many situations, whether it's financial miracles, healings, and uh, you know, like me seeing my leg grow, and. Like right before my eyes, I was like, what in the world is this? And it didn't seem real because 
Stuff like that ain't supposed to happen in the natural. But it's happened right before, right before my eyes. Or when she prayed for her grandmother, she, she had a mass in her, prayed for it. She threw it up in, the, in front of her face. I, like, you can't walk away from that going, well, you know, God might be real, I'm not sure. Or the, the person that was in a coma. We walked in the hospital, and once again, that voice of God was like, now people, listen, listen, when we walked in that hospital, they wasn't like, you know how Jesus told people to get out the room because they were, uh, they didn't believe and he had to uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. They weren't rolling like that. They was reading scripture. Actually, they was going through all types of scripture. Uh, they was all Christians. God said, what I want you to do is tell them to stop reading. I was like, yeah, why, why you got to put me on the spot? And then we're in ICU. So, you know, ICU is like right across from the nursing station. You ain't in no private room. You right there in ICU. He said, tell them to, tell them to stop, stop reading the scriptures. He says, uh, uh, I know we, we, read, we, had to read, we had to read something in particular. But he said, I want y'all to lift y'all hands up and start praising the Lord. Then I want you to pray. And then y'all leave. That's exactly. Those are the, I might be a little off on the instructions, but and, and we didn't. Like, we we wasn't hitting the dude in the head. Wake up. Did it take? <laughs> you know, or like you know, lay hands on him, but you're really trying to shake him. You know. <laughs> nah, we didn't do that. We just we ain't touch him. Pray left, but but they said as soon as we walked out the door, his, his eyes started rolling. And he woke up, came out of the coma. Uh, I don't know. I think he's living in this day. I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? But so God's real to now. We y'all know we didn't heal him, right? Y'all know that, right? <laughs> Again, but there was a the reality of healing. And I tell you, when when I pray for healing, I don't always feel nothing, something. There's times when I do. Sometimes my hands are are uh, I call it icy hot. Sometimes my hands are icy hot. And I know what's taking place. Uh, sometimes my hands are red hot, and I know what's taking place. Sometimes I don't feel nothing. I just, I'm, I'm just going by this is what the words say. And that's manifested more stuff than when my hands was icy hot and stuff like that. Like, and the God, the God is funny. He's like, you, because you know you ain't had nothing to do with it. But sometimes he'll let me in on it, you know, so I, I feel, I'll be like, oh, I know what's happening right here, right now. And then the person may confirm it later. But it's real. It's real. But the only way you find out is getting this present. See, and that's the thing, even in a relationship, you don't get a fulfilling relationship holding back some of yourself. It just don't happen. In no other relationship but with God, we think, I'm going to hold back, but you need to make all effort. He already did. He gave his son to die for us. Yeah, he, he made all effort in the world. So he can't get you to come in his presence? But he died for your sins? You want to test it? You want to test to see if he died for your sins or not? Because the wages of sin is death. Get no takers on that one. All right, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, I said something that hopefully was obvious. Somebody would have said, yeah, I just want to test it. I, I was like, okay, everybody move to the other side of the room. <laughs> so the scripture tells us uh, to get beyond just having a form of godliness. So, so, so you have people that aren't, you know, they ain't, they, ain't, they ain't never believed in their entire life. We get that. That's the obvious person. But then you have people that have been coming to church their entire life but have never used faith. 
ain't never believed. They have the form of godliness. Look, it says, having the form of godliness, godliness but denying the power thereof. It says they're so busy dependent on their posture, they're rejecting the power. <laughs> that ain't good either. <laughs> You know, and they just, and, and some people go, boy, I, I just love their sensationalism. Boy, they keep me so excited. Man, ain't nobody trying to be excited, man. We want some, some, we want some manifestation. You know, like, excitement is cool, but you want some manifestation. I've seen uh, where they called it a move of God, and everybody just run around being emotional, sensational. You know, the, 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 the supernatural is not necessarily sensational, but it is impactful, right? All right, so, so, so it goes back to the scripture we said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. My preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of power. So Paul said, listen, I'm not just trying to talk to you. I want you to experience God's realness. And so, so, so we talked about, um, you know, the 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 gifts where you know you know um, you you know you're supposed to share word of knowledge, words of wisdom, and stuff like that. First uh, John, First John two twenty says you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. But we can't we we can't. Some people have got to cross over, and at least knowing. Because it starts with knowing. But you can't, how could I say? Knowing doesn't replace demonstration. That's the thing. Like, 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 uh, you can't mistake knowing for demonstration. So knowing is, I recognize there's something in the unseen that's real to me. Demonstration is the manifestation of what I know. So don't, 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 how could I say? Don't um, don't fall short of demonstration. Some people will rest in their sacrifice. They'll rest in religion. Some people will rest in knowing. They'll go around telling everything that they know. No. If you're going to rest in something, rest in demonstration. Because that's what our life is about. You know, like, you got to measure this thing. Like, as, as, as people are growing and stuff like that, people are growing in your life and these different people have got, some people measure uh, stuff by volume or, or the crowd. Not, no demonstration at all, just the crowd. And then, you know, I told you it's contagion. First stage of contagion is suggestibility. Second stage of contagion, uh, I'm sorry, manipulation. First stage of manipulation is suggestibility. Get your attention. Second stage is contagion. Get you to go with the flow. Third stage is uh, submergence. Take you over. So baptizing you into something that ain't even real. And so, you saw, so people be loyal. They faithful. That's how people, for, listen, you ever seen a cult with just one person? How about a cult with just two? Uh, the whole Jim Jones thing, it was like three people? No. They had a campus. Waco. It was like four, was that four folk? Now, it couldn't have been no four folk. The way they was, hey, the way they, they had an army. There, there was a battle that day. So, so just because there's a bunch of people don't mean it's right. And, and God is saying, you're like, God, why would you allow me to deal with this deception? God's like, what are you talking about? I already told you, knowing by their fruit, by manifestation and demonstration. 
is, is that your measure or is what's popular your measure? It's, it's, what's popular could be your measure if it's, if it's consistent demonstration. <laughs> right? That's how we rolling now, even in our lives. Don't stop until you get demonstration. Don't stop until you get manifestation. Don't chill until you get the fullness of God. Right? We chilling because, hey, I'm more uh, holier than I was uh, two years ago. Hey, I even know scripture. <laughs> she said two. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know scripture. I mean, I, you know, I, I know. Listen, I talk to somebody who, hey, watch, I was about to tell you. Somebody that does a service for me, person knows all types of scripture. Just as hurt, hard, and bitter as could be. But, but the person knows scripture because they've been exposed to scripture. Uh, when the devil was tempting Jesus and Eve, he used scripture. <laughs> you can't just go on that. All right? All right, so I'll just, just. All right, so, so again, we're, we're talking about a supernatural lifestyle, and we talked about demonstration. And, you know, I told you the difference between knowing and demonstration. There is a difference. Knowing is unseen and demonstration is seen. But knowing benefits you, gives you confirmation of his presence. So when you operate in the knowing, First, first John 2.20, you have an unction from knowing the Holy One, you know all things. That's for you. So you know, oh, yeah, you, have, you sense God's presence. Like Now God's up in here. Or when you were teaching and, and, and Nate was sitting there, well, a knowing kicked in. He was like, whoa, God's presence is all over her. Or he was, uh, Nate was in the back one day, the presence guy hit, he said, I don't know how I ended up up there. <laughs> he was on post. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, he was up there. And, and that's what, that was his, he said, I don't, know, I don't know how. See, there's a knowing God's presence is here. And the first time he came to the church, uh, we was on a Sunday, it was an anniversary. Man, he's up here slapping the wall. Man, he wasn't going to church like, like a lot of us has all the time. So it wasn't when you taught and he came to Fast Week as he was transitioning through stuff, it wasn't like he was uh, well-trained in the presence of God. But because you spent time in his presence, he saw something outside of the natural. See, see, you were a witness. You were a witness because you were in his presence, not because of just what you were saying. When he opened his mouth, he, he opened his mouth about the presence that was there. More than anything else that was said. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, there's demonstration. So, yeah, fine. No one is cool, but no one is, is, is so you'll be obedient. And it's, it's for you to know that his presence is there. Demonstration, knowing benefits you, demonstration benefits them. Knowing gives you confirmation of his presence, demonstration gives them confirmation of his presence. And so, so get out your head and, 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 and flow in the spirit. Get out, get out, I mean, you know, uh, we got to get out ahead and just move with the spirit. The Bible says the just shall lives, live by faith. Me, what that's indicating that faith should be a normal part of our life. 
not a, sens not a sensational interruption to our lives. When it says the just shall live by faith, faith should be a normal part of our lives, not a sensational interruption to our lives. See, that's the difference. So, Because I'm, I'm living in this presence. Uh, uh, I like Sid Roth. He says, well, the supernatural is normal. Right? That, that's their, 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 their tagline for the TV show. So not, not, everything can't be all sensational. It may have, it may feel sensational, but it should be normal. It should be faith, walking by faith should be how we live, right? And that's going to help us have a supernatural lifestyle, right? That's going to have us have, so the scripture says, walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it should be how we should be living in the spirit. It shouldn't be something we visit, like, and that... You know, uh, we'll talk, you know, she, you know, you know, we're all getting to know each other, so we watch each other's habits. Uh, so, but I, you know, I just be doing stuff where I, I don't care where I'm at. I just want to be in the spirit. Like, I never really, I don't know if I ever shared it, but even when I'm playing ball, I be praying in the spirit. Before every game, Lord, uh, thank you, Lord, for victory. Pray for me, Holy Ghost. Uh, play for me, Holy Ghost. Uh, play for us, Holy Ghost. I desire your presence upon me. If I feel funky, I just start praying in the spirit while I'm on the court. Like, I, everything got to be about the spirit for me. Like, like I just, I just, you know, it's kind of, some things are intangible. Uh, me and my son was asking me some stuff the other day, and I was like, I never even thought about sharing it. But some things are intangible, but it's, it's, it's a life in the spirit. So I'm driving, I'm praying. I'm transitioning to anything. Like, I, you know, I just want to be in God's presence. So something happens, I can, quick recognition, I can just, you know, respond in his presence. That's supposed to respond in the flesh. But if you spend all your time in the flesh, or, or if the only time you're really in his presence is at church, if you spend all your time just watching shows, but not listening to the person that shows you things to come, come on, man. I like, as soon as something happens, how do you think you're going to respond? I mean, not because not you're evil or anything, but why would you respond in the spirit if you spend most of your time in the flesh? You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not. And so, oh, here we go. Like, I, I, I get it. I get it because I, I get it and I've dealt with it, but I could care. Well, I'm not going to say that. Y'all just, because if you say you don't care, you but, I, but I'll say this, you didn't know what I was about to say. I'll say this like, the whole, I don't think it take all that, or that's too spiritual, or here we go. I'm 56 now. Like, I've, and I, we've been in, living for the Lord for quite some time. At this particular time, I know the benefits of walking in the spirit. So if a person decides that they don't think it take all that, you ain't hurt me. You will disappoint. Okay, uh, that's wrong. It'll hurt to see somebody I love go through something unnecessary from that angle. But as far as like, am I like second guessing myself? Please. Not at this stage of my life. Like, I, I, I know too much. God's real. Like, I'm not second guessing. So listen, I know what it, yeah, I mean. I, listen, I'm counseling people out of the churches. 
while I'm talking to people from other churches, they're telling me certain things they don't even realize they're saying. Yeah, because such and such don't do such and such. Now, in my mind, I don't, I, you know, you got to let people transition on their own. In my mind, I'm like, so why are you, what's the attraction? Person don't know you, don't care about you, ain't thinking about you, ain't praying for you. If you're going through stuff and you don't tell them, the person won't even pull you to the side and go, oh, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Because you don't exist. You're a part of the, the number. And the resources for the person to do their thing. I ain't saying no names. So y'all don't know who I'm talking about. You know, talk to people, we talk to people all over the country, right? I only said that to say, I know the message, the heirs Christian Center Church message is not the most popular one for churches. I already know that. So I can just easily do what? Let's find out what's popular and let's roll with that. Now, is some people going to kick and scream? Is some people going to come up with a, 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 a slick angle to go, well, I don't think such and such. If you, the only, only slick angles that can get you is if you ain't in his presence. If you ain't in his presence, you'd be like, that makes sense. I didn't think about that. But if you're in his presence, you're like, seriously, stop, stop. That'd be your response, like, stop. You know better. Come on, man, get, get with the program. <laughs> Right, but if you're not in the spirit, you be like, "Yeah, that's a good point, man." You know, probably really don't take all that. Ain't nothing wrong with a little bumping the grinder from time to time. You know what I'm saying? You know these spiritual people. You know everything. So everything's all spiritual. And then this is the other line. Oh, so if I don't go to church, I'm not holy. Nobody even talked to you about not going to church. Nobody said nothing. You come to church. Hey, how you doing? I ain't seen you in a while. Oh, so what you trying to say? I don't come to church. No, I was. I ain't seen you in a while. If I saw you at the grocery store, I would say the same thing. But now, see, your mind is, see, you're projecting your guilt on me. You already feel bad for you not coming. I'm just asking how you doing because I care. I'm praying for you. I don't want nobody to be dealing with no funk. But now, see, I don't think, listen, I, I share this with my son. Great conversation. So my son, I call it a muscle spasm where he was sticking his chest out. Um, uh, Cause I said something to him and he was just sticking his chest. Well, I don't, I don't think that's whatever. He, he didn't, he wasn't disrespectful. He just got a little edgy. And I didn't ask my wife, I didn't get upset. I said, all right, son. I said, so let me ask you something. I said, you sticking your chest out with the people that's been there for you your whole life for nothing without any incentives. Everything we've done is just to benefit you. Why don't you stick your chest out to the people that's been manipulating you, taking advantage of you? I know, son, I'm using you for this one, but you know I love you, right? I said, so, I said, listen, there's some folk that you could have really stuck your chest out in. I didn't say nothing, but I thought, whoa. Now, you need to get, tell them whatever, but you're doing that with me? And he said, uh, well, he apologized. He said, man, he said, man, I just got a little motion. What I talked about was something that's very important to him. And I was telling him that, okay, this might be a season you need to sacrifice that, right? Which it is, right? So he's like, well, dad, you know how I am. That's, 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 you know, you know, that's my thing, you know? So he started laughing. Um, but I, I said that to him to say, because we got people in here, you stick your chest out to not go to church? You get tough. How about punking the devil like that? 
when he when when him and his his de depressing buddies come to your house, how come you ain't sticking your chest out against depression? But you're gonna rise up against somebody that's trying to challenge you to get you to be the best you could be. See that's see that's to me that's why I'm not even bothered, cause I'm like you know. Uh, Pastor Keith, such and such says such and such. They ain't say it to me, so I don't care. <laughs> they ain't say it to me. Say it to me. No, I'm not. I'm not mad. No, for real, I'm not mad. Just say it to me. Because everything I have to say, as a reference to the gospel, or anybody in the room, I tell you, ask me. <laughs> so say it to me. If, so if they didn't say it to me, I'm like, you only have to tell me because if they if they didn't have the, the heart to say it to me, then. Obviously, it's not that important. Obviously, they don't even believe what they said. If I needed this new information to guide the church in the right direction, you would think they would, they would give me the information. Matter of fact, if somebody here thinks how we're living for God is off, here, you can have the mic. You had a floor, because we, hey, we need to get ourselves together, right? You don't have the, a private revelation of how to live right. Don't you want to share it with all of us? We're going to put our lives in your hands. If you got another way of living, here's the mic. If you're online, when we, when, when we turn, when we, when we, uh, what do we do? Uh, when we do questions and answers, you can say, hey, I have a whole nother way of how we need to be doing this stuff. Y'all need to stop listening to Pastor Keith. Fine. Because we don't want to be walking off a cliff and you can stop us. Now, keep in mind, when you open your mouth, you got everybody's life in your hands. Oh. Oh. So I guess our, our philosophies aren't all that valuable then. Or maybe they're valuable and you just want to be the only one to benefit from them. See, me, I, I, I've learned some things. I want everybody to benefit. I used to say that in corrections. Guys, they, they went to the masjid. I went to church. I said, you know what? I could be following the wrong God. So break down to me why I need to follow your God. I, fine. I, listen to Break it down. Give me all the chapters and verse and the sore and this, that, and the other. I'll go study them out. If I'm, I said, but I'm going to tell you why I believe what I believe. I had no takers. So come on, y'all. Like, we need to do this. Like, because it's costing us. All of us, it's costing us, like, not being, living in his presence, living a supernatural lifestyle at every age. Jesus was 12. He's 12. Speaking wisdom and different things like that. That's Jesus. Come on, that's Jesus. The Bible says when King Uzziah died, I was able to see the Lord. Elijah, powerful man of God had his perspective tainted because he had so much value over this, this solid king who was king for 52 years. Guess what? He was anointed king when he was eight. <laughs> he was eight. We place limits. Yeah, it's probably not. I'm not ready yet. You know, I got to go through my stuff. What, what stuff is this? And who said you're going to be able to come out of it? Like, there's no rule to say, I got to go through crazy. Well, I haven't experienced no crazy yet. I just want to go through. I've been living this straight and narrow for the longest. So I just experienced crazy. Do you know those are the people that don't come back? Because they're not, they didn't slip into anything. It was premeditated. 
Something told him that I have to experience these things in life. Based on what? Look at, let's, not, read more books about great people because maybe it'll help. Because great people don't be doing foolish stuff like that. Anyway, that's enough.